Greetings. Shalom and Shalom Aleikum. Peace to you all. This is Terry Tadario Whitfield, a.k.a. Yasha Ben Israel, for the Terry Whitfield Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. Back at you one more time with one good special. This is the place, you know, where we prance through the fog just to glance through the smog. Yeah. The place where we talk about things that people don't like to talk about and things that they do not want you to know. Usually, these things range between religion and politics. For it was always two things said, don't argue about. That is religion and politics. In fact, some even said, don't talk about them. But yet and still, we see the politicians doing their many politics, and we doing their, we see the many preachers doing their pimping preaching. Today's topic of discussion is Satan. Who is the Hebrew Shaitan, and how he differ from the Christian Satan, Devil, Lucifer, and things of that nature? We'll start off by defining what and who is Shaitan. The word Shaitan goes back to the Hebrew word Shaitan. And Shaitan means the adversary, the great accuser. Those that are in adversity to the children of Yahweh Elohim. Yes, the great adversary of the children of Yah, the children of Elohim, Benai Elohim, the children of God. My stance has grown. Yes, my stance has grown over the years. Evolving from a young Pentecostal Christian to an Old Testament Sadducee Israelite today, yes, my perspective and my stance has grown. Not only that, but my wisdom, knowledge, and understanding has grown. I used to believe that HaShetan, the adversary, was this seraphic being, this malevolent, ethereal being that haunts and taunts human beings going to and fro in the land to destroy them. One who's an adversary of men and one who's an adversary of God, the Creator Himself. A devil that has been around since the beginning of time, a Satan. A Satan, a devil, a Lucifer, all of these guys were the same creatures when I was coming up in my young Christian understanding. Some type of ethereal spiritual creature or being or entity, evil and wicked, one, a spiritual entity that enter into the mind, the heart and the heart and the mouth in the actions of human beings. One who was so strong that I was confused whether he did it through influence or that he just did it through brute force and possession. 
But today I learned different. Today I know the truth. In my early youth, in my Christian confusion, and I don't blame it on Christianity as much as I blame it on my youth, but it was a state of confusion. In those days, I believed that Satan, the devil, Lucifer, and the serpent, the evil one, all were the same entities. Different names applied to them. But today I learned different. Today I learned that all those entities and beings are all different and none of them are the same. When we go back to the Genesis, we're familiar with the story of Adam and Eve and how Eve was tempted by the serpent. Many of us allot Satan to being the serpent. The serpent. Many of us allot the devil and Lucifer to being the serpent. But today I've learned that that is a whole nother story and a whole nother saga altogether. Thus making them all separate entities, all separate beings. The Adam and Eve story, whether Adam and Eve existed or not, it still is a myth. And what I mean by a myth, I mean a myth from the word mythos, meaning from the mouth. These were stories that were passed down from word of mouth. Because it is believed that if Adam and Eve were the first man, then they did not have access to telephones, computers, tape recorders, VCRs, projectors, you know, books, pens, or paper. I would even go as far as to say that yes, they have rocks and tools and chiselets, whether they can chisel the rock into make paleo writings, and the old ancient man did, for we have drawings inside of caves, but it was in his infancy. So this is what I mean by these are myths. They are stories. And whether Adam or Eve existed or not is really irrelevant. For what is relevant is that they have a story that has been passed down for hundreds and thousands of years. And this story is a real story. And the most important thing in reading any story is to get the moral of the story. And in creation, the Most High God told Adam, and he gave Adam the rules. He told him that out of every tree of the garden, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and wisdom, uh, uh, good and evil. Excuse me, good and evil. And this was a commandment that was dealing with the relationship between man and his creator Elohim. 
And he gave them the rules. He told them to be fruitful and to multiply and to be dominant and to take care of the earth, to be the caretaker of the earth and to dominate and rule over the animals and the elements of the earth, in the earth, and the earth itself quite actually. This was done at a time when women did not exist, for it was just God and Adam. And there was a harmonious relationship between God and Adam. Then God created Eve from his rib according to the story. And they began to live and walk harmon- harm- harmoniously throughout the Garden of Eden, Haganidan, the Garden of Eden. And then one day, Eve was misled. She was seduced by this creature called Padnekash. Well, I'll take that back, Nikosh. Padnekash came much later. She was seduced by this character in Hebrew that we called Nikosh. Now, this Nikosh was first a man, okay? It was a man. For he walked and talked with Eve and he seduced her and he told her to eat the fruit. And she said, no, I can't eat the fruit because the Lord said that if we eat the fruit from this tree, that uh, 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 the day we eat of this, it will be the day that we surely die. And the whisperer is what the word nakash means. It means whisperer, and it also means the serpent. For the slithery tongue of the serpent, and how he go, he whispers. So this male. Whisperer whispered words to Eve and he seduced Eve and misled Eve and told her, Oh, your God said, didn't say that. Or oh, you misunderstood him, Eve. For the day you eat of this tree, you're not going to surely die. And he fed her that rhetoric. Pure seduction. She was intrigued and she fell for it. She bit the bait of Nikosh the Whisperer. And the Lord, the Elohim, cursed the Whisperer, the Nikosh. And he cursed him to fall down and claw down on his belly. And Eve was cursed with pains in childbirth. Um, some go as far as saying her, um, her, her menses. And in this, in this childbirthing, the Most High told Eve that I will place enmity between your seed and the whisperer seed, the Nakash seed, the seed of the serpent, the seed of the whisperer, 
looks like according to the moral of the story that the Nakash, the whisperer, the serpent, was the world's first ship shifter. I mean, shapeshifter. <laughs> I ain't lying. And that's what it appears that the story is indicating. This is what the story is suggesting. <laughs> and that's whether we take it literally or that we take it figuratively. Whether we take it carnally or whether we take it spiritually. And then from that point, Adam and Eve was thrust up out of Haganidan, the Garden of Eden. And from that point, all the way on down till the 6th century BC, you don't hear nothing about a devil, a Satan. For, for it is after the, uh, after the fall of Israel to the Babylonians and the Assyrians, namely the Assyrians, that the children of Israel came in contact with this idea of Satan. It wasn't until the destruction of the temple that the idea that we know of Satan began to manifest. Now, I'm not saying that the word Satan is not in the scriptures prior to that, but I'm saying the idea of a malevolent being, a malevolent ethereal celestial being, haunting and taunting man, did not exist because this idea was adopted by the children of Israel after their captivity and after living in heathen and pagan lands. For they have adopted the block Hebrew alphabet from the pagans. There's no telling what they adopted. We know that this idea of this duality, this good and evil duality in the spiritual realm comes from and stems from Zoroastroism. And you don't see it mentioned in your English Bibles until after the destruction of the temple sometime around 580 AD and, and afterwards. Now, the word shaitan is mentioned in the Hebrew scriptures prior to that, but it was mentioned to mean the adversary. Okay? Those that were the adversaries of the children of Israel. And the adversary was not in adversity against God. And that's what I had to learn. The adversary were in adversity to the children of Israel. The part of my, lo my learning that created the conundrum for me was that I thought Shaitan of the Bible worked against God. And in all actuality, he works for God. Uh-oh. We see the devil has to get permission from God to approach Job. And God gave him the permission. 
the word Shaitan appears prior to the second temple destruction. But Shaitan began to take on a different nature after the second temple destruction. It was this malevolent celestial being. But prior to the second temple, every mention of Shaitan in the Hebrew Bible, it meant adversary. One who was the adversary of the children of Israel. The adversary whom Yahweh raised up in many instances against the children of Israel because of their folly and their inequity. These Shaitanim or these Satans, these adversaries were all human beings. None of them was ethereal, none of them was celestial, none of them was atmospheric. And when we read the book of Job, we'll see that and we'll learn that the book of Job was an allegory and it never really happened. That's why it has nothing that could pinpoint you to a certain place and, and to a certain time. And in the book of Zechariah, the book of Zechariah was a prophecy for, uh, for the prophet Zechariah had seen a vision. And most of the writings that entail Satan from verse 1, from chapter 1, 2, and 3 were the visions that the messenger gave Zechariah as he looked, as he lifted up his eyes and he saw the vision and he was asked, what do these things mean in the vision? And from chapter 1, 2, and 3, all of these were the visions and, and, and the angel explaining or the messenger explaining, the malak explaining what these visions meant to Zechariah. So these were not things that happened in real life and in real time. These were not things that were manifested at that time. They were visions and allegories. Yes, I too was tricked into believing this red-skinned monster with horns and a pitchfork. Yes, yes, I believed that he was truly ruling hell, <laughs> and I believed that he was a great enemy of God. When you really read the Hebrew text, Yahweh's greatest enemies were never fallen angels. Yahweh's enemies are not fallen angels commanding armies of demons, nor is Yah Yahweh's greatest enemy the gods of other pagan nations. The enemies of God has always been human beings. It isn't invisible, malevolent, ethereal, transient, celestial atmospheric atmospheric beings it's not these beings that spread evil and wickedness across the face of the earth it is human beings that do these things other than wicked human beings Yahweh has no nemesis 
nor are there malevolent spiritual forces that are not under his control. Satan doesn't rule hell, neither is he the creator of evil. For if we go to the book of Isaiah, the 45th chapter and the 7th verse, God said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So, Satan cannot be the ruler of hell or the judge or the ruler or the inventor or creator of evil. Yahweh is. For Satan to be the ruler of hell, he would have to be the judge of hell. And it is Yahweh who sets the judgment, not Satan. For it is Yahweh that is the creator of good and evil, not Hashatan. Now, let's dig off into the meat here. Turn with me to 1 Kings, the 11th chapter and the 14th verse. In your King James Bible, it reads like this. It says, the Lord raised up an adversary to Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was the king's seed in Edom. That is your King James Version. Now, as we can see here, in your English Bible, it has been translated as adversary. The Lord raised up an adversary to Solomon. Hadad the Edomite. He was the king's seed in Edom. Now we can see here it said the Lord raised up an adversary. In the Hebrew text it says the Lord raised up a calm shaitan. He rose up. Like as, as, the, as the campers say, Kam Yasharala, he come, a Kam Shaitan. He raised up a Satan. Let's read it in the Tanakh. In verse 14, it says, So the Lord raised up a Shaitan against Solomon, the Edomite Hadad, who was of the royal family of Edom. That is your English translation. Of the Tanakh. In the Hebrew text, the 14th verse reads, Wayakam Yahuwah, Shaitan la Shalaman. Wayakam, which is, and he rose up, Yahuwah, and Yahuwah rose up, Shaitan la Shalaman, and, and, and the Most High Yahuwah raised up. Satan to Solomon at Hadud Ha'idamni. He said he raised up this man. It was a man of the royal line of the Edomites. Those that were of the king's seed in Edom. King seed. The king is a man. The king is a human. His seed is very, very physical and, 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 and humane. And if you mosey on down to 1 Kings 11.25, it says, He was as Shaitan to Israel all the days of Solomon. 
besides the mischief that Hadad did. And he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. Now, we're talking about Hadadnam again. And the beef that was ensued just two verses up. This Shaitan was a man. And this is the reason why it, it, that he didn't, the, your, your King James Bible, which was translated by Christians, they used their biasness only to translate the scriptures of Shaitan as an ethereal celestial being, a being that mostly took place in the minds and in the visions of the, uh, 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 of the prophets or even the authors of the books. And even the translators as well. Now, as we go to 1 Samuel 28, the 16th chapter, it reads, Samuel said, Why then do ye ask of me, since the Lord has departed from you, and has become your shaitan, has become your adversary? For in the Hebrew text, it reads, your adversary, your shaitan. Now, that was the King James, where it said adversary. But in, in the Tanakh, it reads, Samuel said, Why do you ask me, seeing that the Lord has turned away from you and has become your shaitan? That's 1 Samuel 29 and 16. Now, we hear right here where it says Yahweh. In the Hebrew text, it says Yahweh has become your shaitan. Did we mosey on down to, uh, no, that, that, the last one was 1 Samuel 28, 16. Go down to 1 Samuel 29, 4. 1 Samuel 29, 4. And it reads, But the princes of the Philistine were angry with him, and the princes of the Philistine said to him, Make a man, make the man return, that he may go back to his place where you have appointed him, and let him not go down with us to battle, lest in battle he become an adversary to us, lest in battle he become a shaitan to us. This was a man. For again, the Hebrew text have shaitan there. It is quite misleading to put, <laughs> to only translate shaitan or use shaitan untranslated when they feel the need to, but all throughout the scripture prior to the, uh, 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 prior to the second t temple destruction, all prior to that, they translated the word shaitan as adversary. But when you get everything after the second temple, where the influence of Zoroastrianism created this uh, 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 yin and yang duality between Azura Mazda and uh, uh, I can't think of uh, uh, his name, uh, 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 Ahriman. Uh, uh, Ahura Mazda and Ahriman brought forth this uh, good and bad duality in the celestial realm and, and, and it was them that influenced the children of Israel. And this is why you see uh, during that period during the second period, temple period this is, this is when all this stuff was going down 
And this is why it was during this period that they used this, uh, this Iron Man type devil type creature, this Luciferian type creature. This, it was all during this time around the 6th century BC and afterwards. It was this time that the children of Israel was highly influenced by Zoroastrianism, as I'm trying to explain. And it was during this period is the reason why they chose to not translate the word Satan to mislead you to think that it was something other than the adversary and the accuser of the Israelites. Mosey and on down to 1 King 11.25. So we got 1 King 11.14, 11.23, and 11.25 all talk about human beings. Uh, 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 mostly El, uh, 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 Hadad again. You know, he was a shaitan to Israel all the days of Solomon. To, uh, verse 25. Besides the mischief that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. In 23, God raised up another shaitan to him, Rezin, the son of Alidia, who had fled from his lord Hadadazar, king of Zobah. So we talked we talked about the scriptures in Samuel. And God said, Why do you ask of me since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversaries? We talk about the Lord becoming your adversary, your shaitan. It just simply means adversary. It has nothing, it's a word. It's a word bestowed upon a human entity. And we look at Amos 3.11, Therefore, thus the Lord, thus saith the Lord, and Shaitan, Shaitan will overrun the land, an adversary, and he will pull down your strongholds and your fortresses will be plundered. Look at Esther 11.4. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to be perished. But if we had been sold for bondsmen and bondsmaids, I would have held my peace. Although the adversary could not have compensated for the king's loss. Although the Satan could not have compensated for the king's loss. Then go down to verse 6. Esther said, the Satan and an enemy, even his wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queens. We see right here the word adversary and Satan has been dealing with human beings for the longest. Then you go down to Esther, Esther 7 and 4. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, to be perished. But if we had so been sold for bondsmen and bondswomen, I would have held my peace, although the adversary could have not have compensated for the king's losses. Uh, go down to verse 6. Esther said, an adversary of the enemy, even his wicked Haman, then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. All human beings here. <laughs> <clears throat> nothing ethereal, nothing 
nothing uh, 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 atmospheric or celestial, nothing extraterrestrial, nothing transcendent, just straight pure human factions. Go down to Exodus 23, 22. But if you listen, but if you indeed listen to his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and a shaitan to your shaitanim. Meaning that I will be an enemy to your enemy and God said that he will be a satan to your adversaries. He said he'll be an adversary to your adversaries. In Hebrew, that means he'll be a shaitan uh, 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 to your shaitanim. Isaiah 50 and 8. He is near who justifies me. Who will bring charges against me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Who is my Satan? Let him come near me. He's asking which one amongst you all is my Satan? Let him come near me. Lamentations 1 and 5. Her adversaries, her Satans, are become, or Shaitanim, are become the head. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord has afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her young children are gone into captivity before their, before the Satan, before the adversary. They're, I mean, we went into captivity before our adversaries, before our enemies, before our Shaitanim. And they were the European tribes of Gomer and Japheth who brought us down and reduced us into this same captivity much years, much years, much years later. You go to Lamentation 1-7, just a few verses down. Jerusalem remembering the days of her affliction and of her miseries, all her pleasant things that were from the days of old, when her people fell into the hands of HaShetan, when her children fell into the hands of the adversary and did help and did and none did help her. The the Shaitanim, the adversaries, saw her. They did mock at her desolations. Lamentation 110, and the adversary spread out his hand on all her pleasant things. The adversary spread out his hand. For she has seen that the nations are entered into her sanctuary. Concerning whom you commanded that they should not enter into your assembly. So you got Lamentations 2.4, Lamentations 4.11. 4.11 talk about the Satan and the enemy, the adversary and the enemy, will enter into the gates of Jerusalem. This is not some uh, extraplanetarial being, extraterrestrial entities. You got it again. In uh, Numbers 10 and 9. When you go to war in your land against Hashetam, who oppressed you, when you go to war in your land against the adversary who oppressed you, Hashetam, because Hashetam is your real life adversary, can't no invisible forces possess you or oppress you. That's, that's bullcrap. These are real life living oppressors. Like as in our oppressor as the European. The European was our oppressors during the days of slavery and beyond. They were our shaitanim. 
They were our shaitan. When you go to war in your land against the adversary, against Hashaitan, against the Satan who oppress you, when then you shall sound the alarm with your trumpets, then you will then you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Here we have in Numbers 22 and 22, God becoming the adversary, God becoming the Shaitan again. It says God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord placed himself in the way for an adversary against him. See, the angel of the Lord. The Lord placed the angel of the Lord. Do we see uh, that the angel of the Lord became the Shaitan? Do you see the Shaitanim works for Yahweh? Shaitan works for Yahweh. You see, and the angel of the Lord placed himself in the way for the adversary against him. He placed himself in the way for an shaitan against him. Now he was riding on the donkey and his two servants were with him. Mosey down to Psalm 78, 42. They didn't remember his hand, nor the day when he remembered them from Hashaitan, the adversary. How long, God, shall the adversary approach? Shall the enemy blaspheme your name forever? The shaitan, how long shall the shaitan approach? 7410. I don't think nobody in their right mind will have no problem understanding that the adversary here is shaitan. And these all were human men. So, Satan is not a pagan heathen deity, as in the case of Ahraman and Ahura Mazda saga in Zoroastrianism. Shaitan is not a deity, never was, never will be. Your adversary is not a god. He's your adversary, just, he's a human just like you. He has no greater power than you. He's just operated by a different power than you and different agenda than you. He has a very adversarial agenda and mostly against you. Every time the Lord allowed the adversary to rise up against the children of Israel, it was the children of Israel's fault. It is a trick of a very physical adversary to the children of Israel to reflect the idea of Satan as a fallen angel who is the chief amongst the class of fallen angels. The Satan is a human being. Your adversary has always been a human being. There's never been an invisible force that was adverse to you. They were all humanistic forces. A lot of us is in bed with it. We don't wanna, we don't wanna uh, 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 accentuate the idea that, that, that Satan is human. Because a lot of us is in bed with the devil. A lot of us is in bed with Satan. For even in the New Testament, the word devil means diabolical one. The diabolical one, not an invisible being. And we can see this exemplified when Jesus looked Peter straight in the face and he says, get ye behind me, Satan. He looked Peter right there in the face. For he was talking to Peter. We can find this recorded in the New Testament scripture. For Yahweh said, 
I mean, for Jesus said in Matthew 16, 21 to 23, but he turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou, thou art an offense to me. He was talking to Peter. He said, he said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. But he turned and said unto Peter and said unto Peter, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. Satan has always been men. Satan has been none other than the human, the humanistic, the, the humanoid adversaries of God and the children of Israel. And they're adversaries of God by being adversaries of the children of Israel. For the adversary is employed by God. He surrenders and works for God as a nemesis to the children of Israel. But the Lord hates to see his children hurt. And Hashetan must have the permission to touch you. Just as in the case with Job. He doesn't have the power to rule over evil and wicked. He is sent out like a hitman <laughs> on the orders of God. So this is the reason why it's important to follow the law, statutes, and commandments and to be on the good side of Yahweh because Yahweh will send his hitman, HaShetan, out to get you. For Shaitan is not an angel, never was. And nor was he a fallen angel. These shaitanim, or these adversaries, are raised up when the children of Israel are not standing on their square. When they're not standing on their power, Yahweh Elohim. Many of y'all don't want to see the devil in his physical form. You want to, <laughs> and, and, and the preachers don't want you to see the devil in his physical form because he don't want you looking at him. The European oppressors don't want you to see the devil in his physical form. They all want the, the European preacher, he wants to distract your mind off into the land of Lala, somewhere off into the celest the celestial and the ethereal somewhere. Because he don't want you directing your attention, wondering if he's the shaitan or not. Many of us hang around people in the streets and our friends. We want to look at a devil that is afar from us. A devil, that, a devil and a Satan that is not near unto us because a lot of our friends are devils. A lot of our friends are Satans. A lot of our husbands and our wives are Satans. A lot of our children are Satans. A lot of our mothers and fathers after captivity, post-captivity, are Satan's. For it is your same oppressive adversary that have you looking off in the fantasy island for your spiritual reality. Your spiritual reality has been converted into a, 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 a celestial... <laughs> a celestial fallacy. <laughs> and you... And you believe in this falsehood with your whole, whole heart. 
we would much rather believe in an invisible spooky devil, an invisible spooky ghost. That way we can say a magic word and he'll poof away. We can say uh, the blood of Jesus or the blood of Christ or Satan I rebuke you, Satan Yahweh rebuke you, Satan uh, uh, I rebuke you in the name of Yeshua or in the name of Jesus. You want to be able to get rid of the spook just like that but I'm here to tell you that it's not that easy. You want the easy way out. The only way out is to follow the law, statutes, and commandments. Because you're, you're, you, we already have a shaitanin. We already have adversaries. It's just that they raise up when we get outside of God. For in the book of Job, Satan was not tempting God. He was tempting Job, people. With the permission from the Elohim Yahuwah to do such. That being stated, I'm going to land my plane. This is Yasha Ben Israel, a.k.a. Terry Whitfield for the Yasha Ben Israel, Terry Whitfield podcast show, bringing the reality to the scriptures, bringing the reality to our faith, digging back in history and time, pulling out those ancient jewels and those ancient treasures and valuables that that the Most High has stored away for His peculiar people all the way on up to today. For this is the reason why I've learned Biblical and Israelite history, language, and culture. So I can go back, dig into that ancient treasure chest to pour in real realities and to break the chains of our adversary who have all of these pagan beliefs and heathen perspectives floating through our mind about the things that we should know better as holy. That being stated, this is Yasha Ben Israel for the Terry Whitfield Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. Like, share, subscribe, and donate. Thank you.